lifted in praise to their creator. There is something incredibly powerful. Now, I know just a moment ago we were clapping our hands. We were lifting our hands. Some of us were, were dancing. Did you know they used to call us holy rollers? They did. Now, they meant it as an insult. But sometimes when you find yourself in the presence of God, sometimes a clap just doesn't do it. And sometimes a hand raised just doesn't do it. And sometimes you, you, you can dance, and sometimes it just doesn't feel like the dance is doing it. And so every once in a while, this was our, our forefathers, our predecessors, you would just lie on the floor and roll. Now, I know that we've gotten dignified, <clears throat> prim, proper. I mean, I even got my suit dry cleaned. I won't tell you how long it had been. That's not anointing you smell. <laughs> That's just me. Look at your neighbor and tell him you stink. But if you wait until the victory, you've waited too long. There's a commandment unto God to shout with a voice of triumph. And when, well, hold on, hold on. See, now we're clapping. It takes a lot less effort to clap than it does to shout. And I'm doing everything I can not to hype up or pump up anybody right now because it's not about hype and it's never been about hype. I don't need somebody to get my emotions worked up for me to worship the Lord with abandon. Because it's not about emotions. It has always been about faith. It's always been about offering to God the sacrifice of praise. Now that worship team did an incredible job. They did an incredible job of ushering the presence of the Lord into this place. But before we go any further... I know it's biblical to clap your hands. I'm not trying to rewrite scripture, but for a moment, I want to ban the clapping of hands, just for a moment. And I want us to use our voices to lift up a sound of praise in this house that begins to split the atmosphere. I want you to let hell know they can't beat you. I want you to let Jesus know you're still thankful. Can we do that all across this house right now? Uh, let a shout of victory begin to flow uh, out of the mouth uh, of every saint of God uh, in this place right now. Uh, I love you, Lord. Uh, come on, that's it. Uh, let your voice out. Uh, let your voice out. Uh, Give him your voice in this place today. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, shout hallelujah in this house. Just a few more moments. Let a sound of victory come out of your lips. He's a good God. He's worthy of all of our praise. Something changes uh, when a voice is lifted. Uh, something breaks in the atmosphere uh, when you begin to confess uh, that Jesus Christ is King of Kings uh, and Lord of Lords. Uh, something changes uh, when we move beyond a polite hand clap uh, into a place uh, where we begin to lift our voice unto the Lord. Uh, go ahead, just a few more moments. Uh, if you gotta step out of your pew, uh, step out of your pew uh, and give him a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. 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 
Kanda Roko Sondoro Rieke. Yerere Romoko. You all right, Pastor? You all right? All right. Good. Hallelujah. 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 Your neighbor's not usually bothered if you'll clap your hands. They do that at a rock concert. Your neighbor's not usually bothered if you lift your hands. They're, they're all right with that. It's not disturbing them. But there, there's something about that shout that just begins to stir it up. There's something about lifting up your voice that begins to shatter spiritual strongholds in the city of Bismarck. There's something about lifting up your voice at the top of your lungs uh, when you've got a need from the Lord that just draws his attention in a way that nothing else can. Amen. 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 He's a good God. Y'all feel that? There's just a tension that we're trying to break right now. I'm taking my time on purpose because there's a tension in the Holy Ghost. Uh, because there are people that are being held back by an attitude in a room that want to go after God with everything that they've got. But they're being held back, uh, worried and concerned about what their neighbor is going to think. We don't have to be professional Pentecostals. This thing started in fire. It's going to end with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Well, come on, somebody. Why don't you stop caring what your neighbor thinks about you for a moment uh, and give some praise to Jesus. Uh, Jesus likes it when you dance. Uh, Jesus likes it when you run. Uh, Jesus likes it when you shout. Uh, I don't care uh, what you think about my praise. Uh, my God likes it. Uh, my God likes it uh, when I lift it up to him. to John chapter 10 and verse 1. I give honor to the leadership of this church, Pastor Paulson and Bishop Chuppie. It is a privilege to be here with you today uh, and to have been with you all weekend. And we had a time yesterday. We had an awesome time at a youth rally. It was, it was a good time in the Holy Ghost. And I believe God is going to join us in this place today. Amen. I'm so excited to hear about, what was it, six baptized and two filled with the Holy Ghost in the penitentiary? My goodness. My goodness. That's all right. We can thank the Lord for that. Amen. I can't wait for the day when they're, we're, they're released and they're able to come and be in the house of the Lord with you and begin to feel what you can feel in this place. And I trust and I believe and I know that this church is going to restore them and to grow them and to see them to become examples and, and disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. It never really matters what you've done. If you'll give your life over to Jesus Christ, he'll make you into something amazing. He'll make you into something special. It doesn't matter how dark your past is is today. I serve a God that is able to take all of it off of you today. I'm thankful to know that the gospel still works. It still works. It still works in taking a sin-stained soul and setting them free. It still works to deliver the alcoholic. It still works to deliver the drug addict. It still works to break the chains of suicide and addiction and depression. It still works to break the, the, the lifestyle of an LGBTQ lifestyle off of somebody and set them free and walking after God. And it's going to need a church that believes that it works uh, and believes in a God that loves and can redeem and restore. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Hmm. 
Would you lift your hands in this place one more time? Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Finally, the spirit of travail is broken out in the house. Amen. Amen. It's all right. We're going to have fun in the house of the Lord. The church doesn't have to be dead, dry, dull, boring. I think it should be exciting to go to the house of God. It should be exciting to come. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. A lot of times we misquote that or misunderstand that and we come in sad. Or even worse, we come in mad. Now hopefully you're not mad when you leave the house of the Lord. Uh, but if you are, well, the Holy Ghost will help you with that. The Holy Ghost will help you with that. It's not my goal to make you mad, but I am human, and so that might happen. And if I do, just know that you could always find Pastor Paulson after I pull out of town, <clears throat> and he'll get me all straightened out. Is that fair? All right, let's go. No longer, no waiting around. John 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not in by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. It's important what name you've had called over your life. I said it's important what name has been called over your life. Jesus is going to call his sheep by his name. If you've never been baptized in that only saving name of Jesus Christ, then the name of Jesus has not been called over your life. But you can do that today. When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find the pasture. I'm thankful for the door of Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. He's not a way. There are not many roads that lead to God. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And unless you pass through the door of Jesus Christ, there's only one road that leads to eternal life. But if you'll enter in through Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The enemy of your soul would like nothing more than to steal, to kill, destroy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your kids. He wants to kill your faith. Uh, he wants to destroy whatever shred of sanity you have. Uh, but Jesus has come today so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Verse 24 in the same chapter, it says, Then came the Jews round about Jesus 
and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe me not because ye are not of my sheep as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want us to read that last verse together in this place. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give honor to this church for standing so long for the reading of the word. Would you set your Bibles to the side and one more time lift your hands in the air and ask God to move in this place. Uh, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Uh, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness and your grace, God. You're a good God. You're a holy God. You're a righteous God. There's nobody like you, Lord. I pray that every heart and mind, Lord, would be focused on the word of God. Any contrary spirit right now, let it be silenced. Let it be bound. Let the word of God have free reign and free course in this place. I pray that you would open our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to the Lord as you make your way back to your seats. Man, you may be seated. When did the term sheep become an insult? A while back, the sermon came as a result of a thread the Lord gave me. I began to tug on it, and, and God, God began to open my, my eyes, open my understanding to a couple of things. So I'm going to break a, a rule of public speaking and start with a dictionary definition. A sheep, according to Merriam-Webster, is any of a various hollow-horned, typically gregarious ruminant mammal related to the goat but stockier and lacking a beard in a male. I just read that last part in my head and it made me chuckle a little bit. Are there any gregarious ruminant mammals in the house today? They're related to the goats, but they're a little bit stockier. And bless God, they're lacking a beard in the male. Another definition says this, specifically one long domesticated species, especially desired for its flesh and wool. Definition two is a timid or defenseless creature. 2B is a timid or docile creature person, somebody that is easily influenced or led. And I kid you not, this was the example sentence. He came to see that the members of the cult were sheep who naively went along with whatever their leader dictated. Somewhere along the line, sheep became the laughingstock of the world. But Jesus declared, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now we've heard it in the political realm. I've used it in the political realm. You know what I'm talking about. Somebody that refuses to depart from their chosen political party. And don't worry, they're all terrible. I'm not going to pick sides today. But they, they are sheep that just follow blindly and vote and pull a lever. But a breaking point came for me when I began to hear it among the church. Imagine, if you will, calling somebody in the church a sheep and expecting them to feel insulted. The voice of the enemy in our culture has convinced us that it is undesirable to be a sheep. Sheep are too dependent. Sheep are too fearful. Sheep are needing a leader 
Lord, help me. We're going to have a fun time with a voice today. Let's take an awkward moment and take a sip of water. But somewhere along the line, the enemy convinced that even inside the church that it is not the place or the position that you want to be as a sheep because we've built a mindset, we've built a thought pattern that sheep are dependent and they are fearful and they are helpless. See, it was the American spirit of rugged individualism that may have tamed the wilderness and the great plains in the natural. It was a pioneer spirit that settled the Dakotas. But I've come to tell this church today, it is the mindset of sheep that will carry revival all throughout this region until Jesus comes back to this land. It is the mindset of a sheep that is going to see a revival throughout Bismarck. It's the mindset of a sheep that's going to see the kingdom of God advance in North Dakota. You don't believe me? Let's try some scripture on for size. In Isaiah 53 and 3, it says, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him. Stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, aren't you thankful for the price that Jesus paid for you on a cross uh, to know that not only did he wash away your sins, uh, but he took a crown of thorns upon his mind uh, so that you could overcome depression and fear. Uh, he took a whip across your back uh, so that your body could be healed. He did all of that for you. But the Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. What had happened? The sheep had lost the voice of the shepherd. The sheep were no longer hearing the voice of an almighty God. And so verse 7 says, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus would speak to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. And he said, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That seems counterintuitive to a people that's trying to reach the entire known world with this precious gospel. It might have made a lot more sense for him to send us as special forces. It might have made a lot more sense for him to put you inside of a battle tank and send you out. It would be really nice if he would have sent us out as a Roman legion. It might have been really cool if he had dispatched into Bismarck an organized military force and said, go, take the land. Go, preach the gospel. Set up a fort and dominate and destroy. But no, the words of wisdom out of the mouth of Jesus was... I send you as sheep. Not only as sheep, timid and defenseless and docile creatures, uh, but he tells us from the very get-go, you're going into the midst of wolves. I don't know if you know anything about biology, but wolves are not timid or docile. They're also not defenseless. In a fair fight, one sheep to one wolf, who do you think is winning? He goes on, but be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
But beware of men, for they'll deliver you up to councils, and they'll scourge you in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you, take no thought for what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. It is not you that speaks, uh, it is your Father in heaven which speaketh in you. You see, as I begin to read about sheep and I begin to read about how we're being sent as lambs to a slaughter, the level of shouting in this house has got lower and lower and lower. But Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Nothing that I just read is encouraging any of us to be sheep. It's just like I thought they're going to get slaughtered. But let's read a little bit further in Scripture today. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 4, John writes and says, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. But one of the elders came to him and said, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and in the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent throughout all of the earth and the lamb came and took the book out of the right hand of the one that sat upon the throne and when he had taken the book the four beasts and the twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials of odors which are the prayers of the saints uh, and sang a new song unto the lamb saying uh, thou art worthy to take the book uh, and to open the seals thereof uh, for you were slain uh, and you have redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred uh, every tongue uh, and people and nation uh, you see in eternity uh, it was not just the lion of Judah that triumphed uh, over the great dragon uh, it was the lamb uh, that slaughtered a hell with his own blood. It was the lamb that won for you salvation from your sins. It was the lamb that came and walked among us. It was not some great military force. It was somebody who was easily led by the spirit. It was somebody who was submitted. It was somebody who was docile. It was somebody with the spirit of God resting upon him it was the lamb the Jews were so busy looking for the lion of Judah that they missed the lamb of God walking among them in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10 it says I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night and they overcame him who's him they overcame him who's him it's Satan. It's the accuser of the brethren. How did they overcome him? Not by numbers. Not by their bank account. Not by how nice their church building was. They didn't overcome him by the skill of somebody preaching. We're seeing that today. But they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Why? Because as sheep, they loved not their lives unto the death. They were willing to lay down everything all because the voice of a shepherd led them to side some waters that maybe they weren't looking for. 
power, the voice of a shepherd led him into the valley of the shadow of death. But in that, in that willingness to lay down a life, in that willingness to set aside my own desires, to set aside my own will, to set aside my own plans for a future, there was victory. See, it's never going to be about our beautiful buildings. It's never going to be about our bus ministries. It's never going to be about our worship teams. Uh, it's going to be about sheep uh, that will walk out of this building uh, as sheep into the midst of wolves in the city of Bismarck. Uh, and with no defense uh, and with no backup uh, other than the spirit of Jesus Christ resting upon you. Uh, you're going to walk into areas that are inhabited by wolves. Uh, you're going to walk into schools and into workplaces uh, where if you try to rely on your own might uh, and your own ability, uh, you're going to lose the fight every single time. Uh, but are there any people in the house today uh, that are rising up that say uh, with God resting upon me uh, I just want to be a sheep. Uh, I just want to be a lamb. Uh, I'll do what he's asking me to do. Uh, I'll go where he's asking me to go uh, and I'll understand that it has nothing to do with my power. The prophet would write in the book of Zechariah, Zechariah, to a people that was facing a difficult day. They had just come back from captivity in Babylon and there were great enemies that they were facing. And an encouragement to the leader that had been set up, the voice of the prophet trumpets. And he declares, it is not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Here we are in 2023, in a world that has lost its mind. But we do not have to be confused and we do not have to be discouraged about that. Paul would write to Timothy and say that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. We're walking through that day right now. But the call is the same that the call has always been. God uh, is looking for somebody that will realize uh, it's not my might. It's not my power, but it's his spirit resting upon me. And so, Lord, if you want to send me out as a sheep into the midst of wolves, that's exactly what I'll do. See, a lamb triumphed over the devil. And it's sheep that are going to bring revival to Bismarck, South Dakota. It's sheep that are going to bring revival to the individual family. It's sheep that are going to bring revival into a broken world. Because in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus says, the same Jesus that had just declared, behold, I send you out as sheep into the midst of wolves. That's not a very awe-inspiring verse, is it? We don't usually quote that to our kids as we send them off to school. All right, go ahead, little Johnny. You're a sheep. Have fun with the wolves. That's not what we part with and we're like, hey, y'all have a good week. We had a great time on Sunday. Go be sheep in the midst of wolves. But the same God says over them in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32, fear not little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And so I've come today to preach a simple word to you to tell you, fear not little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom in Bismarck, North Dakota. 
I wish I had one or two that believe that. Fear not, little flock. Oh, I know you probably got 120 here today, but it is your father's good pleasure to give you a revival in Bismarck, North Dakota. It's your father's good pleasure for a revival in the prison to spill out into revivals in the trailer park, in the rich neighborhood, in the business world, in the schools. It's your father's good pleasure. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to be afraid of it. You ain't got to turn away from it. You ain't got to try to conjure it up by your own might and your own ability. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. It's his revival. They're his souls. Those are people that he died for and he bled for and he wants you to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Don't be deceived, however. There are great challenges facing this church. There are wolves without and within. There are goats in the flock. Wolves want to savage, to destroy, to lead away. Goats don't want to be led. Did you know you could lead a sheep? Simply by a voice. But goats have to be driven. Paul would say to the elders in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Feed the church of God. He's purchased it with his own blood. For this I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. We're not surprised by wolves outside the flock. We know they exist. The problem is when the wolves get into the flock. Jesus said it this way, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. They look like a sheep. They act like a sheep. They don't talk like a sheep. And Jesus tells them we're going to know them by their fruits. You see, we live in a day and in an age where you can find somebody to preach to you or teach you anything that you want. We've been warned that a day will come where men will not endure sound doctrine. Men and religion has cheapened grace to a level of ridiculousness, uh, claiming salvation while never departing from sin, uh, claiming that it doesn't matter what we do in this flesh as long as you believe Jesus is God uh, or Jesus died for you, then nothing matters. Uh, can I tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell? It's a lie from hell. Yes, there is grace for every single individual. Yes, there is the love of Jesus for every single individual. But the call has always been, and the call still remains. Come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. In this day and age, the authority of the fivefold ministry is under attack. Bless God, I don't need no man telling me what to do. At best, they're a stubborn goat refusing to be led. At worst, they begin to spread that attitude like a ravening wolf. It's not a new spirit, it's been around for a long time. Genesis 46 and 34 tells us that every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Every leader in the spiritual realm is an abomination to the world. We doing all right today? Every shepherd is an abomination to an Egyptian. But as worldliness creeps into the kingdom, 
And as worldliness tries to inhabit and infest the church, uh, it attacks the position of the shepherd. Uh, it attacks the man uh, that's been called uh, as the under shepherd of the sheep to lovingly care and tend for a flock. Uh, but there are goats uh, that cannot be led by a voice. They've got to be driven uh, by a rod. Uh, and there are wolves walking throughout the flock. The challenge is to know is this a goat? Is this a sheep? Or is this a wolf? that I'm dealing with. And the only answer I have for you today is that his sheep hear his voice and they know him and they follow him. You see, in this day and in this age that we live in, you've got to be so familiar with the voice of Jesus Christ uh, that no matter what other voice begins to speak in your mind, uh, no matter what other voice begins to speak in your heart, uh, no matter if somebody sitting across the aisle from you right now begins to chirp in your ear uh, as a sheep uh, following the voice of God, uh, you're going to be aware, uh, you're going to be cognizant that is not the voice that that I'm hearing. Uh, that's not the voice that I'm supposed to be following. Uh, that's not the voice of Jesus. See, the wolf has no fear speaking against the sheep. The wolf has no fear speaking against the shepherd. Amen. Like birds like Two zebras make baby zebras. Two giraffes make baby giraffes. You're catching on quick. Two armadillos make two cows make a lot of steak. <clears throat> really good steak. A baseball mitt some new shoes, but first they make a baby cow. I know it's tight right now, but hear me in the Holy Ghost. You go ahead and be a goat if you want. You go ahead and have an independent streak a mile wide. But remember, always remember, like reproduce like. So don't be surprised when your baby goats don't want to follow you. Don't be surprised when, when all of a sudden your kids want to go a completely different way. Don't be surprised uh, when you can't raise up a disciple that wants to stay with you. Don't be surprised uh, when all of a sudden the flock wants to split a different way. Goats will flock with sheep. And sheep will tolerate goats. They mix, they mingle. But in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, listen to what Jesus says as a description of the end times. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say to them on his right hand, who's on his right hand? The sheep. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then shall he also say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I have been sent here today for a specific purpose. And that is to tell you, God has great need of sheep in this last day. I know we were shouting just moments ago, 
And it would have been a lot more fun for me to preach faith and preach, and we could have swung from the chandeliers as long as my voice would have held out, which apparently is not very long today. But as we stand together in this place, there is a spirit of this age that does not want to be led. But I don't care what the spirit of this age wants. I want what the voice of my shepherd says. Because I say it again, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's impossible for me to read Matthew 25 and not think of Matthew 7. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. I don't know about you, but even now in my life, those words from the lips of my Savior give me pause. To think that I could prophesy in his name, I could go to church faithfully in his name, I could give sacrificially, and at the end of it all, he never knew me. God created the sheep. God created the goat. But he uses his own creation to demonstrate and to draw out that there's an attitude God likes and there's an attitude God does not like. And I'm up against it in the spirit right now. Because the attitude of the goat says, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. I've been coming. I've been giving. I'm faithful to church. Don't, don't tell me what to do. But the attitude of the sheep says, what's the voice of the shepherd saying? Where, where, where's the shepherd taking me? Where's the shepherd leading us? Where, where, what's his voice? I got to hear what, I got to hear the voice of the Lord. And the shepherd will always allow the goats to inhabit the flock or to walk with the sheep. But at the end of it all, the sheep go to the right hand and the shepherds go to the left. We're not shouting right now, but I've come to ask you in the Holy Ghost. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Whose voice are you following? What words are coming out of your mouth? You see, a goat will say whatever he wants. A sheep will learn to control his tongue and speak life. As the piano begins to play softly. We're not shouting, I know. And maybe we will in just a moment. But is there anybody in the house today that wants to come to the front and listen for the voice of the Lord? My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. Maybe you've been bucking against something. Maybe you've been battling with an attitude inside of you that's trying to rise up and say, no, I'm going to do it my way. No, 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 I'm going to be a sheep. There's that old Sunday school song that proclaims, I just want to be a sheep. I just want to be a sheep.
right now all across this place why don't we begin to lift our voice why don't we begin to talk to the great shepherd right now come on there's an attitude that God likes there's a spirit that God likes there's a spirit that God does not like God's not crazy about you being a goat God's not crazy about you having your own independent streak he's looking for somebody right now that's willing to be a sheep and to say Lord lead me beside still waters lead me God into the valley of the shadow of death lead me God wherever you want to lead me and I'll walk with you I'll follow with you I'll go with you Lord wherever you want me to go wherever you want me to walk whatever you want me to do wherever you want me God to place my feet Lord if you want to send me into the midst of wolves God that's what I want to do Come on, fathers, that's it. Uh, come on, fathers, that's it. Uh, go ahead and allow him to examine your heart. Uh, go ahead and allow him to stir your heart. Uh, are you being led by the voice? Uh, or do you have to be driven by a rod? Uh, are you easily led by his spirit? Uh, or do you have to be forced to move? Uh, are you easily impressed uh, by the voice of the shepherd? Uh, or does it take God uh, moving heaven and earth to get your attention? Uh, he's looking for sheep in this land last day. He's looking for people that are tender hearted. He's looking for people that will yield to his voice. Just say 